Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. So back in 2020, Alyssa Cisneros ran for vice mayor in the city of Sunnyvale. And she did the thing that people running for local office usually do. You knock on doors, get a sense of the issues that people in the community care about. You know, you get the the more normal answers. It's really expensive to live here. Traffic isn't great. And then she would hear this other kind of less typical answer that a lot of people in Sunnyvale have some really big feelings about. And then there are a lot of crows. There are literally thousands of crows taking over downtown Sunnyvale like a scene out of the birds. And not everyone agrees or even knows what should be done about it. So why is this happening, and what does it look like exactly? I'm going to leave this one to KQED editor and reporter Dan Brecky to explain. When you see videos of this, you get an idea. It's just clouds and clouds of crows showing up to roost in trees in this downtown area. This is kind of a typical crow behavior. They, they like to come and roost at night. It's sort of a, a group protection sort of scheme that they have. But especially as the sun goes down into the evening, they're very, very loud. How long has this been a problem in Sunnyvale? Well, the, the folks down there have been complaining about it for years, it turns out. But apparently it's become much more of a problem in the last couple of years. And that coincides with the pandemic, of course, where lots of businesses, restaurants especially, have been trying to move outside. Right. And so this problem of crows in this downtown area has become much more pronounced and much higher profile issue. The Bill of Grievances lodged against the crows include noise, It includes sort of the creepy nature of seeing a gigantic group of birds, big birds, gathered together. It includes harassing diners on the street or at least hanging around like, boy, we would like to have a scrap of whatever you're eating. Um, And it includes things like they poop everywhere. There are trees that cover our transit stops, allowing people to sit in the shade comfortably to wait for public transit, but they often couldn't sit there because of uh, bird feces. And Vice Mayor Cisneros talked about this. It's not only unattractive and smelly, but then somebody has to come along and city workers have had to do this or, or commercial areas have had to arrange to have this done, clean everything up.
I mean, why is this happening? And like, why have so many crows been drawn to Sunnyvale in particular? Well, you know, of course, you'd have to ask the crows themselves, <laughs> and um, they're not talking much about it. But, you know, this is kind of a typical crow behavior. Crows uh, at certain times of year, and especially in the winter time, will gather in large roosts. The thinking is, among uh, ornithologists, is that this is for group protection. Um, there is safety in numbers. And if they find a place with a, a bunch of nice trees and maybe uh, a source of light, because it will help give them further protection from predators, they may like that too. And I've seen this in other places, uh, in downtown San Francisco, mm-hmm. for instance. The other part of this is that they're attracted to places that have other resources that might be helpful to them. It's pretty simple, really, why the, why the birds have increased. John Marsleff is a biologist from the University of Washington who has studied crows for a long time. And he says that there are a bunch of reasons that crows are attracted to uh, live alongside of us. And really, most of those reasons have to do with providing shelter and food food resources uh, that we've provided and as we've increased our population and gathered in more predictable places, uh, the birds have more reliable food sources. And secondly, the, the change in habitats that we've done as we've built out. You know, they're smart. They, they go where the food is. And there, there are things that we do that we don't even think will help crows or other birds that actually are attractive to them. So for instance, lawns, there's food in lawns. Uh, there are insects there, and there have been complaints down in Sunnyvale that, uh, you know, crows are ravaging or pooping a lot on people's lawns, as well as these downtown areas. I mean, Dan, how are people feeling about the idea of getting rid of the crows or managing them? Like, what's the range of opinions? And we've got a lot of people who want to talk about it, both in the comments and on the phones. We're talking about the crow. So one really interesting thing about that forum segment is phones lit up before we were even on the air. Let's uh, go right to uh, Jim in Sunnyvale. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hi. If I could just address some of those earlier comments, it is big. I, I think the range of opinion is that on one side, people just want the crows to be gone. They want their peace to be restored, and they don't want to have to deal with what they perceive to be, or what actually is, in many cases, the big mess that crows create. It's way worse than it's been before. Been here 30 years. Uh, it's, it's apocalyptic how many crows they are. I've seen them attacking other birds. They're not good. We need to do something. On the other side, there are people who say, look, the crows are here for a reason. You know, we've created conditions that uh, have sort of welcomed them, and, and actually we should learn to appreciate their presence. Julie uh, Freimuth writes, Come on, really? The problem of crows is an issue? Crows have lived here longer than people have. They are curious, smart, and endearing. Let's get back to integrating our lives with the natural world. Let's focus on real problems. This is a, quote, rich people issue. I'd say in between are people who would say, Let's figure out a way of sort of tolerating them, try to move them out of our, you know, downtown area in, a, in the most humane way possible. But, you know, don't be too hard on them.
Coming up, what the city of Sunnyvale has decided to do to get the crows out of downtown. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions. Online or through Star One's mobile app, Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. I mean, so how is the city of Sunnyvale trying to move these crows from their downtown or just trying to address the issue? So over time, several... things have been tried. Uh, Vice Mayor Cisneros talked about hanging reflectors in trees downtown. That did absolutely nothing to (laughs) deter the crows. Um, A business did hire a falconer. Um, What? You know, falcons are predators. They will attack crows and and eat them if given (laughs) the chance. That proved to be ineffective. I mean, crows will react uh, immediately when they see a raptor, like a falcon or a hawk, but their instinct is to chase them off, and then they'll come back. They'll sort of resort to their their normal behavior. So what the city has settled on now is a cheap laser. It's a green laser. We've all seen them. I think they actually bought it from Amazon, and they've dispatched a city worker to go out every evening and to basically just shine the laser into trees where the crows are roosting. Mm. And this is something else that Vice Mayor Cisneros talked about. These laser pointers cost about $20. Uh, So when you're talking about a city budget, that that feels really good. The light, you know, this very intense source of light does disturb the crows and get them to fly away. It's kind of low-hanging fruit in terms of solutions. So it's seen as a humane alternative. And the, the city leaders feel like they have to do something to answer public concerns. Some city employees are, are going to go out and just pilot and see what happens when you shine these lasers directly at crows. And we're going to see what happens. The early returns are that the crows seem to be disturbed by this and are leaving. Hmm. That raises some questions about what's going to happen in the future, but that's what's happened so far. Okay, so these green lasers seem to be working so far, which I imagine is a relief for a lot of the folks downtown. Does this mean the crow problem in Sunnyvale is solved? You know, I'm not sure. Um, Everybody acknowledges that they don't really know um, how effective this will be over time. And this is something John Marsleff says. The crows have been coming back for a long time down there. Uh, The birds will get used to whatever you're doing out there, and they will get around it. It, It's a tough problem, I can tell you that. There's something in their sort of collective intelligence that tells them this is a good place to be. So it's not clear at all that it's going to be so easy to just make them leave and not come back. Understanding what the birds are using, not how to get rid of them first, that's the most important long-term solution you can do. So figure that out, get rid of it, and the birds will follow suit. It's also 
a possibility that they'll just gather someplace else that people will find them to be inconvenient as well. And I know that kind of beyond this question of how do we get rid of them, there's also this question of how do we coexist with them? And that seems kind of like an important question as well. It is an important question. And I mean, where I live is in Berkeley. We have lots of crows here, not as many gathering in one spot as people are seeing down in Sunnyvale, certainly, at least for now. But my partner slash wife and I walk around uh, our neighborhood, and there are a bunch of crows uh, we recognize and that recognize us. Now, could I distinguish two crows apart from each other? Maybe not unless I see certain behaviors. And so, for instance, there's one that we have named Swoopy because it likes to (laughs) sort of dive bomb us from behind to make sure that we know he's there so we can give him a peanut. Oh, my Um, gosh. So we're people who have actually started feeding raw peanuts to crows, and I know some of my neighbors look askance at that. Dan, what do you what do you think makes this story about the crows in Sunnyvale such a Bay Area story? Is there is there anything about it that's very like Bay Area to you? What I think makes this a Bay Area story is the sort of clash or competition between parallel values that sort of exist within a lot of us. Hmm. You know, we want things to be clean and neat and orderly. On one hand, um, we love technology here. And we embrace the natural world. I mean, just look at all the parkland around us. And yet when this visitation uh, arrives among us from the wild, that's what crows are, we find that it's not so convenient. It's not nice and clean and orderly. And we may have to figure out how to accommodate that wildness uh, into our idea of what civilization and what our community should be. And and I think what we discover in moments like this is that it's not always easy. Thank you so much, Dan. You're welcome. That was Dan Brecky, editor and reporter for KQED. This episode of The Bay was produced and cut by Alan Montecilio. I scored this episode and added the tape, which came from our friends at KQED's forum. Special shout out to host Alexis Madrigal and producer Grace Wan. You can catch Forum on Terrestrial Radio, that's 88.5 FM, every weekday from 9 to 11 a.m. The audio you heard of the crows in Sunnyvale came to us from the Mercury News' Grace Hossie. The Bay is a production of member-supported KQED in San Francisco. Our leadership team includes Jessica Blachek, Kiana Mogadam, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Tovin Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks so much for listening. Catch us on Twitter at the Bay KQED. Peace. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. 
We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts.